1: It's match.
0: That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Okay, so you know I love good wordplay. And third love is crushing their wordplay here. When you have a bra that pinches or slips or just isn't comfortable at all or is comfortable but isn't your style, you've got (laughs) Problems. How excited was Third Love when they thought of problems? Well done, Third Love. I see you. When you wear Third Love bras, you've got no problems. They fixed the problem of size exclusivity with their famous half cup sizes that revolutionized the industry by giving more options to find a bra that fits. And They fixed the problem of guessing what bra will fit you with their virtual fitting room and other helpful guides, a bra size chart, a bra 101 education section that's basically an FAQ for all your burning questions, and a ton of great reviews from real people. My sister just texted me 99 problems, but pinching isn't one. It's time to get your problem solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with
1: code PODCAST15. So we spoke to Alex Morgan prior to the publication of the 319-page Report of Independent Investigation to the U.S. Soccer Federation concerning allegations of abusive behavior and sexual misconduct in women's professional soccer. So we don't talk about that in this conversation. And I wanted you to know that. But with each page of that report, I felt ill, enraged, heartbroken, and resolute. So I want to start this episode by saying unequivocally that the only acceptable response to the investigation is radical change and unflinching accountability. Once and for all, we demand that the lives of all players from youth footballers to professionals are finally and systematically protected over the careers of predators during this very hard time in the women's soccer community. I'm grateful to share this very special conversation with one of my favorite footballers, Alex Morgan, a woman who I know is making the sport better for future generations every single day.
2: Chased desire, I made sure I got what's mine.
1: Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. You're so good at that. It's so weird to do it. You're always the one. Do it. Okay. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things. We have Alex Morgan. You all know this because it's who you clicked on to listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But Alex is one of my favorite athletes for a lot of reasons, but I think number one is that she was a really young, new kid on the block when I was an old veteran on the national team. Alex Morgan, you are a two-time FIFA Women's World Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, the UEFA Women's Champion League's champion, an NWSL champion. Is there anything that you have not championed? She is the leading founder of Together with the x That replaces the last E, a lifestyle and media company with a focus on youth and equality storytelling. As a mom to Charlie, your child, Alex is tackling motherhood while continuing to be a force on the pitch. In fact, I'm not sure I've even seen Alex as on fire as she is right now scoring so many goals in the NWSL for her team, the San Diego Wave. Alex, freaking thank you for being here.
3: Thanks for that intro. That was really nice, Abby. And I am so happy to be here. Glennon, it's always a pleasure to Mm. see you and talk to you. But, Abby, I mean, everyone knows how much you mean to me and um, just the effect you've had on my career. So it's so nice to talk to you because um, I have obviously looked up to you for so long.
1: Well, that feels very good, especially as you get age in your retirement. It's like, was I important to anybody? Did did any of it really matter?
3: (laughs) Oh my God. So that feels good. That does feel good.
1: (laughs) Can you both
0: explain what the hell you were doing together on the field? Because I just learned Abby was explaining it to me recently in in technological, the soccer terms. And I thought it was so beautiful what it's called, what you were together, which you were a two front, which feels like such a beautiful thing. Can you describe
1: what what is a two front? What were you doing? Alex, you want to take this? What is a two front? For the we peoples. were
3: we were basically just dancing together on the soccer field <laughs> and, and enjoying each other's company and just helping each other be as successful as we possibly can be together and uplifting each other so that's pretty much was what it was in non-soccer terms. Okay, yes.
0: oh my God. That's okay. a good way. Okay, so you said you had strengths that Alex didn't have and Alex had strengths that you didn't have. Yep. And so together you were able to work together and score the goals.
1: And create a really hard to defend against two front. So right. technically what a two front is, the formation of your team. Sometimes you do a four four two. You Nowadays you're seeing a lot of 4 three threes, which would be a three front. Okay, well I'm dead inside. Okay, so let's go
3: back to the. So, <laughs> so would you like me? To yes, explain? please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We were the two forwards. So we were working in tandem and I felt like we were just complimenting each other. Yeah. When like Abby's good in the air. Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to touch any ball that goes in the air. Abby's going to do that. And I'm going to work off of her. And so we would talk a lot together and I'd be like, headed to the right, head it to the left, like head it behind you, like settle the ball or whatever it is. And she would basically just do that. And she would do all the hard work. And then I would just run in behind the back line and try to score the goals. And then we would both just get lots and lots of goals. Abby, a lot more than myself, but Uh, well, I played a little bit longer than you at that point. You're getting up there though. How many goals do you have? I'm not sure, but as a mom, I think that I'm getting upwards of like six or seven. And I think, um, 13 is the, is the number to beat as a mom. Oh, cool. Wow.
0: I love that. I can't wait to talk about momming and little Charlie with whom we are all completely obsessed. Yes. But before we get into that, so I want to talk to the pod squad about your friendship. Alex, Abby loves you so much. Every time we watch a game, she just yells that you're in. Okay. You do have to be in the game for this to happen, but she just yells, (laughs) Alex, 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 and she's trying to get. I think whoever is on the field to to kick it to Alex. Is energetically, it? you're yeah. energetically trying to get the ball to Alex. She, when you have a penalty shot, the whole family has to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks it's disrespectful if anyone sits on the couch, so we all have to stand uh-huh. until you've scored the ball.
1: Can you score the, the ball? Scored
0: the ball. Scored <laughs> scored the goal. Yeah. Right? Can you talk about how your friendship? happened. And do you remember the first time that you met and what that was like?
3: So when I met Abby, it was like my first camp and with the national team. So I got called in and I didn't know anyone. I was also like 19 years old and just starstruck and also super intimidated um, by everyone, especially Abby. And she was actually like the nicest person She was so welcoming and she was someone that I felt like I could gain confidence from her, from her leadership, her demeanor, um, everything she kind of brought on and off the field. It kind of helped me just gain confidence on the team. Then she started just like saying these things, like you're going to score more goals than I'll ever score. You're going to have way more success than I ever will. You're the next one that everyone's going to look for to score the goals to be the person to bring everyone a World Cup or an Olympic uh, gold medal. And she just always would like uplift me and give me so much confidence. And in that way, it was just so amazing to have someone so selfless because when you're playing a team sport, of course, like you want the team first. You have to think about what the team needs over individual needs. But every person has selfish Feelings sure. like deep down inside, and personally, we we all want ourselves to be as successful as possible. We all want to score goals. We all want to have the glory. So for her to be so selfless in a way that I had never experienced before, as a teammate, um, I was just floored by that, and um, it would just kind of drew me towards her as a great friend and mentor.
1: Mm. <sighs> what
0: about you? When you met Alex, how did that all happen?
1: Early 2010, it was around the time that you got called in. I remember one of the first practices. Pia came up to me and she said, "This kid, Alex Morgan, she's just raw, you know, she's got to like learn a lot. Don't coach her. Just don't say much to her." She told me that. She like pulled me aside and I was like, "What the fuck? Why?" I'm like what? I don't know. I think that she thought maybe that I was gonna intimidate her or put too much pressure on her at such a young age, mm. and it, I I couldn't have disagreed more. And I just didn't listen to Pia because when you're 19 and you come on a, a a team that's already like kind of set up going into the World Cup 2011, it's hard to break into that team, let alone gain the respect of like some of those older players. And so I I was noticing a lot of the older players getting a little bit more frustrated with Alex than they should have been. Were they frustrated or were they like threatened? Threatened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Threat- <laughs> That's what frustrated threatened always means. Is a
1: definitely a better word. And so, of course, like when you feel threatened, you find any little problem. Yes. Right? This one specific play, it was Alex's first camp. She was able to get end line, which was like at no angle to the goal. And she just rips this shot with her left foot. I had never seen somebody be able to score at such a, horrible angle. It's like a mm-hmm. very rare shot. And she scored it cause she had this power and this speed. And so from then on, I just kept trying to tell her like when some of the players would be like, pass, I just kept whispering to Alex, like, shoot, don't pass, <laughs> don't pass. <That's laughs> be awesome. selfish, you know? And I could see something in her that was very different than any other new kid that ever came on the team. Um, it was like, she was able to hold an immense amount of pressure And also perform, which is rare. Mm -hmm. So then she steps on the field in 2010 against Italy. I think you get on the field like in the 88th minute or something. And she scores a goal in extra time for us to give us a 1-0 lead against Italy. And then we had to come play them uh, in the home match to qualify, to actually Mm -hmm. get into the World Cup. I know this is a lot of information, but I just remember Alex being more confident than I was at 19, more capable. Have you always felt that confidence? Like, what was it like? Our kid is a,
0: right now going to a new, brand new school and she's the only new person. So all I'm thinking right now is, what was it like for you to be a new young star on this team of
3: stars? It was just me like fighting day to day, not to be a star, but to like be included and for myself to feel validation that like I belonged because there was a lot of days that I would show up and I was like, they are so much better than me. Mm -hmm. I'm literally like faking it till I make it at this point. Like I didn't feel like I belonged for for the longest time. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like trying to take anyone's spot. It was just like trying to help myself feel like I deserve to be there when I surely didn't in the beginning.
0: Did you have a moment where you finally were like, okay, oh yeah, I belong here. This is good.
3: I think in 2011, we had myself and Kelly um, as the newer players, and as I as we went through the tournament, I kind of grew into it as well. And I remember, um, I think it was a third game. We played against Sweden. We actually lost in the group stage and I didn't play and it was my birthday. And I was like, so disappointed. And I was like, how could she do that to me? It's my birthday and I deserve to play in this and that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't deserve like anything right now. You're still the youngest player. You're still just trying to make a name for yourself and you're trying to contribute as much as you can. So it was kind of like, okay, you need to like be in your place a little bit. So I felt like through that tournament, that was a defining moment for me to at least have the confidence to be like, I deserve Mm. to be on that field. And I wasn't. And Like, how dare the coach not play me? It might not have been the right way to think about it, but then it kind of gave me that confidence that, well, next game, I got to prove why she needs to play me and the next game after that. So I think that's when I definitely felt like I belonged.
0: I love that. It's like the moment you go from like, I'm just so lucky to be here. I'll just be quiet and hope no one notices me to why the hell aren't they putting me in? Yeah. It's like an internal voice that taught, that told you, oh, I belong You want me to
1: tell you when I knew Alex belonged? Yes. I think that I realized I had yet to feel this since Mia, but that feeling where my life was a little bit easier on the field. <gasps> oh. And it was because Alex took up a lot of attention of a defensive back line. So during that world cup in 2011, you scored some big goals. One, the most amazing goal ever, like I just will never forget it in the 2011 world cup final. I thought that that this new kid on the block was just going to score the game winning goal. We ended up losing that game in penalty kicks, which was like super sad, but I knew that the way that she stepped up through the knockout round stages of that tournament made me be like, Oh yeah, like here, this kid is. So
0: how, then how did you not feel? Because I understand the feeling threatened by a new person, like if we had suddenly had a new host on this podcast and they were amazing, uh-huh. I just can't imagine being like, you're going to be better than me. You're going to be way better than me. Like, I feel like- That's
3: I, what I'm saying. Like, right? isn't that crazy that Abby was like that? In no way did was her job threatened ever throughout her entire career, but you're still fighting for a spot on the field. So for her to feel so confident- in herself and her abilities and i don't know why she did that to me like why why were you so nice what if we played like a one front instead you know what i mean and <laughs> not to say i would have ever taken your job but yeah like you're saying glenn how was she so selfless and so uplifting of me mm-hmm. and other people because being threatened is kind of something that you like you can't help it just deep inside of you you know you care about yourself more than people. A lot of times. No, it's <laughs> yeah, that's 100% fair enough. true.
1: Yes. I think that when I think back at that time, I knew what I needed when I was your age to feel confident and to feel like, oh, I belong here. And I needed people to tell me that. Did you have that? Did somebody do that for you?
0: Mia did. Oh, yeah, for sure. Interesting. So Alex, do you find yourself trying to do that with younger yeah. players now? Yeah. Who is now? your Alex
1: Morgan? Mia was my mentor. Not that I'm going to claim myself as yours, but who is, who are you looking after? Who, who's looking up to you as a mentor?
3: It's interesting because I think Mia is around 10 years older than you. Is that right? Yeah. Eight. And, okay. And you're around 10 years older than me. And, uh, Mal Pew is around 10 years younger than me. Huh. And she came on this team super young, had a lot to learn, but again, like raw talent. And she's someone that, um, I know is just going to have an incredible career already has on the national team. So it's kind of interesting the, like mm-hmm. just the mm-hmm. levels of the next generation kind of carrying the torch almost yeah. and carrying the team. And I feel like she's one player that is has already made a huge impact, but will have a huge career on the national team.
4: Pod Squad, we know about you. You, like us, pamper your pups with clothes, fluffy beds, toys all the days, any little thing their goodest hearts desires. Why then would we settle for burnt, smelly pellets in their dog dishes? Maybe you don't. Maybe you go with the farmer's dog like I do for Seamus, and you reap the benefits of giving your dog real, fresh, healthy food. It looks like real food because it is real food. It's made with human-grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family. It's even fun signing up. You answer questions about your dog like, what health issues they might have, how old they are, what breed and personality they have, and more. You're not only getting fresh pre-portioned food, you're getting fresh pre-portioned food for your specific dog. And your dog may just have a newfound respect for their human too. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com slash hard things. Food made in human-grade kitchens with the same gentle cooking you'd use if you were preparing meals for your family. Maybe more. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at www.thefarmersdog.com slash hard things.
1: I wonder if Mia would agree with this, but a reason why I was able to give you so much confidence is because I had already developed so much of my own Mm. that it was like, I was one of the best. I was scoring a lot of goals and I just like needed other people to feel what that felt like. And I knew that that feeling could kind of give somebody a, a lift in their own life. Um, and I also knew that it would make us a better team, score more goals, win more championships. Like it's self-serving. But you're
0: saying that you had to have a level of security in yourself and your own talent to give it away. Yes. Yeah, which is why acting threatened is always a sign of insecurity. That's right. Right? That's right. So do you guys have like a best moment together
3: or any just Uh, like moment that stands out, Alex? The one moment that I remember is in 2011, we were crushed by losing... In the World Cup final. It was, it was crushing. We deserved to win. And it was honestly the most disappointing, saddest moment of my life up Mm. to that point. And then in 2012, we come back and we win um, the Olympic gold medal in London. And I think you were number 12 because you had to change for the Olympics. So we stand up on the podium in number. Oh, I was next to her. Yes. And and she was next to me because Abby's 12 and I'm 13. And just kind of holding hands all together, standing up on the podium. I just couldn't believe that we had gold medals around our neck after like such a disappointing year, the year before. And I think that was just a moment of like, just like big sister, little sister, kind of like we did it together. Like you did it for me. I did it for you. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm like actually tearing up. I knew you were going to cry during this interview, by the way. (laughs) And I just
3: remember that moment
1: being so much more special because Alex scored in the final in the 2011 World Cup final against Japan that we lost. I scored an extra time on Alex's cross. Like, Mm. like it was a, it was a huge.
0: A cross is a pass. (laughs) A A long one that goes all the way across the field.
1: (laughs) It's a huge devastation. So for us to come back and win the following year and win gold, in, in London was a, such a big deal. My favorite moment actually, obviously winning gold is great, but my favorite moment, a real reason why I think we were able to get into the finals was Alex scored the latest goal in the, I think probably still to the state in the history of, of Olympic soccer. She scored against Canada. It was like the craziest game. She scored with her head. And I think I remember I ran up to you and I like, I was screaming and I was like, ah, I am in love with you right now. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was a good time.
0: We wanted to talk about, and I want you to ask this however you want to ask this, but we were talking about the other night about how you and Alex have never talked about the end of your career and how you were struggling so hard. Yeah. And whether Alex noticed that or how that was for her, watching yeah. you kind of crumble for a little while
1: so i i'm I've been a hundred percent like open and honest about what was happening at the last couple of years of my career with my addictions and um alcohol issues, and you know all of you were there to kind of see it up close and personal and I guess I wonder a how did that feel for you to see this person who had offered you? so much confidence and um mentored you and helped you along the way see me in such a horrible
3: sad place um I never like judged you because I I knew that what like good of a person that you were that you are so it made me sad because that just hurt me because I I just wanted you to be happy. And in the World Cup in 2015 in Canada, um, you weren't. People only dream of playing in something as big as that one time in their life. It doesn't matter what sport you play or what job you have, but just getting to the top of your job or career in this four week period. And it should have been like the best moments of your life, of our career. And I I think like it was maybe one of your worst because you were struggling so much. It was just really hard to, to watch that because it didn't matter like what I said or what anyone said, you had to go through it. It was just really sad to, to watch, but I, I felt like all I could do was just be a good friend. And I thought I was at that point. I'm just so happy that you kind of had to hit rock bottom, um, and in a way that you were able to recover and find Glennon and find yourself, um, Mm -hmm. and just get back on the track that like Abby is because you're just an amazing person and you shed so much like great light on this world. And, and in that time, like you weren't able to necessarily do that. So it was just incredible Mm -hmm. the like comeback that you made. Um, but at that time it was, it was hard to watch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In the sports world, do you have, like, what, what do you do when a teammate is struggling, like with mental health stuff? Is there resources?
1: I'm sure there's more now. What do you do?
3: Is it like a team meeting? No, it's tough because you need to focus on yourself, especially Mm -hmm. in a big tournament. Um, but then you also want to make sure that your teammates are, you know, are, Feeling focused and ready for the games, we do have sports psychologists and we have resources, but um, it's tough. And we actually saw that we saw a lot of us, myself included, and some of my teammates struggling with mental health during the 2021 Olympics in Japan because we couldn't even leave our room or her hotel, and we weren't struggling in the way that you know Abby might have been. But it was it was really hard on a lot of us, and none of us really knew how to approach that. And we had our own rooms and we had to kind of stay to those rooms and make sure that we were um, abiding by protocol. And because of that, we just were so isolated. Mm. It just really was not not good at all for mental health. I kind of just put that behind me because I got home and I just felt so good to be back with Charlie, who was barely a year old. I couldn't bring her, but everyone individually struggled Hmm. in that month in Japan. Everyone deals with it differently, but it's not like a team like huddle, like let's rally around Abby and help her feel better. It's tough because sports are isolating sometimes.
0: Wow. What do you do for your mental health? What kinds of things make you feel grounded and better?
3: I think that as I've gotten older, I've just gotten better having a more balanced life in general. So I think that that really helps my mental health. Like if soccer were to be taken away from me tomorrow, I would be okay with it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people wouldn't be if their job was taken away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I've worked on it my whole life and that's like the one thing that I know and love so well, I would be okay with it because I have so many other parts of my life that are so great um, mm-hmm. as well. And that like bring me so much joy. So I think for me, it's just having a balanced life and that includes family. Family is everything to me. Even Abby knows my dad has probably been <laughs> to every single soccer game, Japan, China, um, <laughs> Australia, uh Canada. It doesn't matter. Brazil. It doesn't matter where we go. My dad is like our number one fan. He literally is everywhere. Italy. When I scored that goal that we was talking about, I really, really care for my family mm-hmm. and cherish those, those relationships. And I think that helps me be like pretty even keel and like help my mental health kind of stay a little more level. That's amazing. I have to ask, cause I have had a complicated relationship
1: with the game, with the love of soccer it offered me a lot. It gave me a job identity, all of these things, but I didn't really like love it. The game. All, the game, like all the way through. And then I don't know, you get good at something. So you do it. I have to know, do you love playing soccer? Is it something that you could say you love?
3: I love it more when I'm scoring more goals. Truth. <laughs> um, but, do, but in general, do I love it? Um, I think I do. Sometimes I don't. And I, but I'm okay with that. Like sometimes I just wake up and I, I don't want to play like today, but it's never (laughs) that I don't want to play for the rest of my career. And I think that's okay. And I think I'm at a point now, if I don't want to play like for another year or two or three years, like I'm okay leaving Mm. soccer. And I'm not at that point right now. But. I think a lot of athletes struggle with leaving mm-hmm. their sport and I, I do love soccer, but I, I would be okay leaving it. And Abby, I, I knew that about you cause I had read your book and we've talked a lot in the past, but it is interesting because you're told time and time again, that you have to love it or you do love it. It's forced on you. Like, well, you, you know, your number one thing is to find joy and to love a sport. And it's like, well, yeah, but then eventually you're getting paid to do it. It's what your job is. It's what you know. So like, do I love it anymore? Or am I just doing it because it's put in front of me and I'm, mm. and I'm great. I'm not good at it. I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. You know, so do I just keep doing it because of that? I think overall I do love it, but not always. Yeah.
1: There's like good parts and parts that you would rather do without, but that you got to take it all. It's like all part of the package. It is. It's part
3: of the package, but it's exhausting, especially with the national team. It's exhausting. You can't just like bring 50% of yourself like (laughs) one day. You can't have a bad day. And that is just so exhausting. It's just tears you down, you know, Mm -hmm. like every single day, mentally, physically. It's hard to like be on your game every day. It's impossible. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yep. Every yeah.
1: day. Yes. Every oh, single day. God. What I will tell you is that it does get better in retirement <laughs> because you do get to show up at a workout and go, I I am here. That's all I needed to do. I got here. I don't have to perform. My heart rate doesn't have to hit a certain, you know, fourth or fifth percentile zone. I see I can't even remember the terms. <laughs> That's great. That's good. <laughs> so I love that. The future is bright. I just feel like a bunch
0: of fairies just got their wings. Like my insides are lit up to hear Alex say, I'm not good at this. I'm great at this. Yeah. Like I, I'm going to say that to myself in the mirror in well, the morning. That is so amazing should. to hear a woman say that. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. When you talk about relationships and friendships and team, one thing I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Cause I talked to Abby
3: about this all the time. I just love, like, I, I love the innocence of it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's beautiful, really. How do you
0: have friends who you are constantly trying to beat at things? A lot of you. Competing loved, for the same job. But you job. love each other so much. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of you love each other so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you are also trying to kick each other's asses constantly,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. How does mm-hmm. this work? Because, you know, the thing about women is like, oh, let's all, there's no scarcity. Like, well, there's enough for all of us. Let's all. But actually that's horseshit sometimes. Yeah. No, there's not. There's two front. There's not an eight front. <laughs> so like, how do you maintain friendships with people that you're constantly competing with? That's a good
3: question. Honestly, sometimes it's hard, um, especially when you play the same position as somebody. Um, But again, for me, it's exhausting to think about someone else more often than myself. Mm, And like, you know, and like Abby said, like at the point she got to where she felt like really confident um, in herself and her position on the team, I'm at that place. And I feel like Mm. for many years, I did just compare myself to others. And I did just want to find the flaws that someone else had rather than the reason that like I am great. At what I do. And it's just, it's just tiring. Mm -hmm. You get over it. I think I'm at a new point in my career where I'm, if someone's better than me, then they'll have to prove it. And I'll have, you know, we're on trial every single day. And what just because they're better than me means that I hate them. No, like Mm -hmm. there might be inside sometimes if they miss a shot and I'll be like, "Mm, well, sucks. (laughs) But, But at the end of the day, like I just have to work on myself. Yes, it's so tiring to focus on others That's more so than yourself, good. especially That's when the, so the choice
1: is out of your control. Like the coach is deciding these things.
3: It's so out of your control. <laughs> it's yeah,
1: crazy making.
3: Honestly, so then to pick apart someone's personality, their play on the field, their their friendships and relationships they have off the field, it's oh, it's tiring.
0: I-X-L. Remember those three letters the next time your child asks you for help on homework. IXL Learning is an online learning community for kids that covers core subjects like math, science, and social studies in a helpful, feedback-driven way. So the fact that we cannot help our children with our homework now, which I actually cannot and stop being able to help them with after fourth grade, has been solved iXL Learning's advanced algorithm is backed by research and in studies done in nearly every state across the country, those who use iXL are consistently performing better in school. Plus, their subscription covers pre-K to 12th grade and that wide range of ages and subjects is one of the many reasons why iXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning, get iXL now and We Can Do Hard Things listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash we can. Visit IXL.com slash we can if you cannot help your child with their homework anymore. And there, get the most effective learning program out there at
1: the best price. So before we get yeah. into the conversation, talking about Charlie and Servando and your family, um, we have to talk about the equal pay settlement that has recently happened. Um, and for those listening who may not know, the Women's National Team reached settlement with U.S. Soccer Federation for $24 million. What is the agreement?
3: So so we settled with U.S. Soccer. Um In court for a settlement of 24 million plus equal pay and equal treatment moving forward. The 24 million is a compromise for the past money that they have failed to pay us equally to the men. Um, It was much greater than that. Um, If you take into account World Cup pay, I think uh, it was around 60 million, I wanna say. We compromised and settled on 24. Okay.
0: What worked? Nobody in power is ever like, all right, let's just do the right thing. That just has never, ever happened. What did you all do differently this time that made them say, all right, fine?
3: We've always had a player association, but it's never quite operated anything more than getting a new CBA collective bargaining agreement with U.S. soccer for a little better pay, a little better treatment. So that's what our players association has always Operated by. Mm -hmm. Um, We started, um, we hired an executive director to basically um, manage our player association. We now have a bunch of different sectors of our player association and a bunch of different committees that um, a lot of players are on each committee. I'm part of the CBA committee and also on the legal committee. Um, So we hired lawyers, we have our executive director, we have a publicist in Molly Levinson who absolutely crushed the game and made U.S. soccer look pretty Mm -hmm. terrible in the news. Um, (laughs) And anything that they wanted to say in terms of not wanting to pay us equal kind of were dragged along. I think like that was a big thing, but it was just a long fight. Abby was there when we started the EEOC claim. Um, And then as an extension of that, we filed a lawsuit. And I think just taking that step was just an extension of what Abby and then the previous generation, Mia and them were all fighting for. Mm-hmm. It was everyone putting things in place for us to like finish the job. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say like, oh, we did it all because no, we didn't. We just we just finished the job that they laid the foundations for.
0: Oh, that's so cool. You do think that the public account, of, I'm just obsessed with the, you do think that the PR agent with the publicly s- telling the story held... Them accountable in a way that was maybe a new strategy for
3: you. I, all. Yeah, I think the power of social media was mm-hmm. um, played a huge role, and um, I think that having the the fans and the media on our side also played a huge role mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because public opinion is so important mm-hmm. to to companies. Um, because uh, you know, U.S. soccer is the main governing body of soccer in the U S every single kid that signs up to play soccer has to pay into this governing body. Mm -hmm. Um, every coach that wants to get their license pays into this governing body. Um, so they oversee everything. So public opinion matters to them
1: for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: I want to talk about you as a parent. Mm. I mean, Abby came home recently from a walk and was like, I saw Charlie on the strand. And I was like, yeah, it was Charlie, like a was Charlie with any grownups? <laughs> it was a couple months ago. Your dad, <laughs> just Charlie. she was actually yeah. on your dad's shoulder. So mature for her age. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, Charlie, who how old is she right now?
3: She's a little over two.
0: Charlie might be in the sports. Maybe. And I would imagine. I mean, Servando, your husband is an athlete.
3: Yeah, he just retired about a year ago. Wow, so.
1: how's that going for him?
3: He struggled at first because he loves like the competition aspect of soccer, but he actually is enjoying it now. He took definitely a big break from soccer and now he enjoys playing pickup as bad of the level as it is (laughs) in the pickup games here in San Diego. That's amazing.
0: So if Charlie goes into sports, I just want to talk to you about how you'll do it with her because I am now a convert to the sports. I understand now how important it is cause I've seen our daughter transform as a human being because of sports, not because she's great at sports, but because of what it taught her being on a team and pushing yeah. herself. And there's so much toxicity in sports. Mm. It's scary. And I have seen over and over again, friends and people who um, want their kids to be involved in sports. Yes. Yay. They know the power and beauty of it. But there is so much institutional crap. There's coaches who are a nightmare and like don't treat.
3: So that's the toxicity you're talking about though. And and the parents. And the parents, honestly. And the parents.
0: But like, what what would you do if, because it seems like there's this thing that's allowed in coaching culture where coaches are allowed to talk to kids a certain way. Coaches are allowed to mistreat kids really in ways that we know developmentally don't work for kids. But everybody's Mm -hmm. just like, oh, it's coaching and you can't say it's anything. Sports. Yeah, this yeah, is it's like sports. culturally
1: accepted locker right. room talk or whatever. Yeah,
0: so it's excused, but actually it shouldn't be because they're children and, but parents can't speak up because then their kids get kicked out. Mm-hmm. So like, how mm-hmm. would you navigate that? I mean, you've had great coaches and bad coaches. What mm-hmm. makes a good coach and what makes a shitty coach? Hmm.
3: I feel like in general, I hope that it's changing in the way coaches address Um, especially coaching girls and Mm -hmm. and women. I think the most important thing is the relationship that we have with our children and making sure that that's an honest one where they know we fully support them um, and that we trust them so that they can tell us if there's anything that's not okay. Because at the end of the day, until you hit, you know, 17, 18 years old, sports needs to be fun first. Mm -hmm. And if it's not fun, then you either change the sport, you change the team, or you don't play sport. Mm -hmm. I think I want to have a relationship with Charlie for her to be able to tell me that, you know, the coach isn't treating her well, or she's being taken advantage of, or whatever it is that she doesn't keep that in. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be coaches that coach the wrong way. Um, either to individuals or to a team. And so I just hope that my relationship with Charlie is one where she's able to express that to me. She feels um, vulnerable enough to share Mm -hmm. that information with me. What does a coach do that switches from tough coach
0: to inappropriate coach? Because it also feels like you want Charlie to be able to communicate with you, right? But like kids Mm -hmm. don't even know sometimes because how do they know what's tough? What's a tough, good coach that you can trust? And when does that cross over into like emotionally abusive? Also, adults don't know. Exactly. So our kids aren't going to know.
3: I would love to get your opinion because I feel like I'm new at this parenting thing. So (laughs) you've been doing it for a a little bit longer than me.
0: I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Honestly, I think we've been really lucky with coaches, with our kids.
1: Yes. I mean, we've been very lucky, but I've been very particular about who's coaching them. Right. Right. That's kind of a privilege being me, Abby Wambach. I can get recommendations from coaches, from people that I love and trust. Right. Not everybody has that privilege. What
0: I would say is that I feel like coaches can get away with things because we call it sports that a teacher would never be able to get away with. That there is a way that some coaches can talk to children that is like not just tough. It's demeaning it bothers me that there's no collective agreement on how coaches should be able to talk to children. Yeah. We do have that with teachers, right? Like, yeah. it just feels like a wild, wild west yeah. and that you just have to take it
3: from. Well, in a lot of ways it is. I've never done my coaching license. So I don't know in the, the manner that like a coach is taught how to emotionally connect with a player because what maybe works for one person doesn't work for the next. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. It's complicated. And I think every person is different. What their motivation tactics need to be is might be very different and opposite to the next person. I know for me, I needed kind of somebody to light a fire under my ass. So leadership, I find nowadays, it's a lot more difficult and more complicated as it should be as we evolve, as we learn more, as we grow. Because every coach has to figure out what each individual person needs yeah. and to stay within those boundaries of that mm-hmm. person. Yeah.
0: What are you trying to teach little Charlie? Hmm. What's important to you about her? And do you feel like we talk a lot about conditioning on this pod? Clearly you as a an athlete who happens to be a woman had to take less pay for a really long time and be gaslit for decades (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you didn't deserve
3: more. Right. Like
0: (laughs) what are you
3: trying to teach? By the way, that hasn't stopped. I feel like we're still having to prove our worth all the time. We pull in huge numbers, both in the NABSL and with the national team. And still, I feel like we're put on a you know, a lesser network or not on TV, maybe a um, a different platform. Um, and we're still having to prove why we're, we're worth being put on TV or why we're worth being put in a certain ad or whatever it might be. So it's so not even it, close to over.
1: It, no, no. Such fucking bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how do you teach Charlie to know her worth? Hmm.
3: I think confidence is a big thing. For her, it's just doing what she wants. I go back to this when I was younger, when I was seven, I wrote a note to my mom and she stuck it on her wall. And I said, when I grow up, I want to become a professional soccer player. And when I was seven, there was no, there was no professional league at the time. Um, just the Olympics. I mean, in the world cup, but I, my mom probably didn't know about that, but she was like, yeah, you're going to be a professional soccer player. Like, let's do it. Like put my sticky note on her wall. And I was, it made me be like, yeah, my dreams aren't stupid. You know, like I can do this. Like if I'm the first or if I'm the hundredth, like I'm going to do it. Just learning from my mom, I want to be able to like help charlie grow whatever she wants to do into reality mm. and that's why I love like bringing her on the field afterwards Ugh. letting her like yeah she just watched mom play soccer for the last like hour and a half her time to shine is now her like kicking the ball around and stuff like after the game there's all these people waving um saying hi to me and charlie's like she loves it but i'm like yeah say hi they're all cheering for you you know what i mean so Ugh. i just want to be able to <laughs> like help her grow into this confident yeah and beautiful person inside and out and I think that's just like a having her as much a part of my life as possible. She travels like everywhere with me. Um how does that work? Yeah. Glennon doesn't understand. I don't
0: understand. I could not get my children to the mall. I mean Alex we used to have field trips my children we wake up at 9 a.m I would find their shoes and put them on. So then it would be like 2 p.m Okay, just yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah. And then we would get in our minivan and we would watch a movie in the minivan. That was our whole our whole like field trip. Field trip. And then we would get oh, out and my. go back inside. Like they didn't even oh, know that cars okay. move. <laughs> okay, they just that's, thought that was a movie that's theater incredible. in the driveway. So like walk us through how the hell this works.
3: Yeah. The- so, I have a village um who helps and my husband is amazing, but he's also you know, working and he's not coming on the road with me. So uh, my nanny is incredible. Mm-hmm. She helps me feel just more settled knowing that Charlie's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, she's with me all the time. And when she needs a break, it's my dad coming on. He he came with me to Kansas City um, a month ago. And before that, when I went to London with, um, with Tottenham as I came back from pregnancy and tried to get back game fit, uh, my mother in law actually came with me for three months. Oh my
1: god! Wow. As
3: Charlie was four months old, and I somehow spontaneously decided during a pandemic to move to to England. Why <laughs> I don't know, but it was. I thought it was a great decision at the time, <laughs> um, but honestly, I I have a village, mm. and that helps me feel. Rested for each game, it helps me be able to take on the businesses that I that I tackle after soccer practice every day. Um, it helps me feel like I can focus on my job of playing soccer. Mm-hmm. It's it's so underrated being able to just appreciate um, the help that that I have that we have as moms. It's interesting. I came across uh, Melanie Linsky's Critics Choice speech. She won a award and she's an actress and she thanked her nanny mm-hmm. in, So important in her speech. I just loved that so much because it feels mm-hmm. like as a mom, you have to hide that you're getting help, mm-hmm. um, as a working mom. And I, I don't want to hide that, you know, like these, this is what helps me thrive. This is what's helped me score 12 goals this season so far. This is what's helped me become, um, one of the best soccer players in the world is the help that I get to, um, to be like a working mom and have Charlie be safe and cared for when I'm not around.
1: We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone. I can imagine the kind of um difficulty your confidence has the roller coaster your confidence has probably gone on from having baby to coming back, and now you're just scoring goals at an incredible clip. Do you feel as confident as you've ever felt now with a family you're back at, at full fitness, playing great soccer, looking forward to the World Cup next summer?
3: I feel very confident, but I also feel like even if I didn't have Twelve goals, I would still feel confident and I would still feel great about myself because I, I'm just in a place where I'm so happy off of the field. Mm. I'm in a very good place. Like I'm here in San Diego, an hour away max from all of Serrano's family, from all of my family. Charlie is able to see her cousins and her aunts and uncles and her grandparents every week. And it just feels like I'm in a different place in my life. And I I think that's helped with the success on the field because Mm -hmm. if I have a bad day or if I have a bad game, I'm not going to overanalyze it like Mm -hmm. I used to. In general, you're your own worst critic. But as athletes especially, you just dwell um, on the bad moments. And you could just get so negative. You can just let the negativity just overcome you so easily. And I feel like I've just kind of let that go.
0: Mm. It's so interesting. You have such a huge career and it feels like what you're saying is the more you've bolstered up everything else outside of your career, the more you've able been, been able to shine in your career and be less afraid, right? Because you keep saying, if I lost soccer, I'd be okay, mm. which is not yeah. what you normally hear. What would you do? I mean, I know you're already doing a lot of it, but when you say, if I lost soccer tomorrow... I know you would, you and Charlie and Servando and your family would just probably. I mean, you're you love spending time together. But professionally, what would you do?
3: Well, I have my media company together that I would take more of a front seat with, which has been currently more of a back seat because of just prioritizing time in the day and what I can possibly do. But I, I would love to stay in soccer somehow. I think I would be like a good advisor for U.S. soccer or even FIFA. I think they need some more females. Even I know that. In those rooms. <laughs> and I think that I could look men straight in the eye and tell them how it is. Yes, Alex. That's good. So that would be something that I would be willing to do tomorrow mm. if I didn't have soccer, if I didn't have the ball in my foot. Yes. That's yeah.
1: called taking one for the team, going yes. into FIFA. And looking at these men who don't give a shit about us women. Like yeah. literally. That's like, just, yeah. The it's worst. like
3: how when Heather O'Reilly was like, I'll take one for the team and I'll be a referee. Even so, though she's not yet. Yeah. I was like, I feel the same way. I'll take one for the team <laughs> and I'll, I'll get up there and I'll tell them how it really needs to be done. So what would
0: you say right now is the hardest thing for you? What are you working out trying to figure out what's ugh, right now? Either painful or
3: unsettled. I think motherhood in general <laughs> is very hard. Um, I, my husband Servando would love another kid now, mm-hmm. but we do have the World Cup next year, so that's that's tough having to navigate motherhood and wanting to expand a family as an athlete, uh, mm-hmm. and also, uh, quite frankly being on birth control and not wanting to be on birth control, mm-hmm. but feeling like I have to because mm-hmm. I can't get pregnant right now. Yeah. Um, that's hard because uh, mm-hmm. we don't know really what that does to the body. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been enough studies because, oh, surprise.
1: Why? You know, women
3: are kind of an afterthought with that. <laughs> um, so I, I think just just the whole thing of, of balancing motherhood, just the scheduling of me and Servando and... The arguments that that's created mm-hmm. in the schedule in figuring out our schedules. Charlie's sick right now; he can't be home. I can't be home. I can't miss practice. There's a lot of just new challenges. Mm-hmm. A lot.
1: Mm.
3: What part of Servando do you hope that Charlie has? Oh, well, she already looks like him, which yeah. I love. <sighs> they call her little Servandita. Oh. <laughs> He's really someone that like brings the room together. Like he's just such a connector. Mm. He could strike up a conversation with anyone. He gets along with everyone. Um, and I feel like I am a lot more opinionated. I don't necessarily pause for a few seconds before responding, <laughs> which I need to work more on. And he is just so great with with his words, with um, his connections with people. And so I would love her to have that part of him. What
1: Mm -hmm. parts of Charlie do you hope or does she have of you?
3: She has my competitiveness, which is scary. Um, (laughs) the funniest, like, okay, she, she's, we're in potty training and she just, she's, she likes to go, she likes to go on the potty, but she wants to do it all herself. She can't quite like wipe or pull up her pants, but she likes pull them down. She likes to lift up the seat. So I'll do things like I'll stand up next to the potty and I'll pull up this, I'll lift the seat for her. She goes, no, 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 Charlie do it. And she'll like throw the seat down so then she can lift up the seat on her own. so I just like have to let it go. Mm -hmm. But I'm honestly like, that's, that's me. Like (sighs) I need to do everything myself. I don't like pause when I respond. Like I'm so like hundred percent all the time. Um, I'm so passionate about things. I'm not like a half in type of person. Mm -hmm. I'm not like get my toes wet. I'm like jump in head Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And she is totally like me, like in that fashion. And it's a little scary, (sighs) but I kind of understand a little bit how to navigate it because it's me.
1: Yeah. Oh, Alex Morgan. I just want to say this before we close. Ever since I got to know you and I got to play with you, you have exceeded the expectations that I even said to you long ago. The person that you've become, the player and the leader you've become, um, I'm just like not surprised in any way at how much more successful you've gotten since I retired. Uh, You know, I just really love you. And Mm. I think that it's, it's incredible to see what you've been able to accomplish. But to know that you are still the same person the way you've gone through all of it. All the ups and the downs and the the good and the hard times, it just shows the real character of who you are, the kind of person that you are, that you've stayed true and the same. Like you're still you will always be that young little kid in my mind for some reason, and I will forever be cheering for you. I will always text you even when you don't want me to, um, to try to build up your confidence
3: for, I never don't want you to text me by the way. Okay. Um, so Alex, sometimes me. she'll
0: be driving. So I have to text for her and then I'll put an exclamation point and Abby will say that I would never text her an exclamation point. Take away that. So just know well, no, I, would never... I
1: am also putting myself into those pregame I would never texts. text her seven exclamation okay, points. Okay. All right, fine.
0: Alex Morgan, thank you for being you. Thank you for being such a freaking gorgeous example of leadership and power um, and friendship. We love yeah. you. We'll be cheering for you forever. And I will even stand for all of your penalty kicks.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> In reverence. In my,
3: just my turn. I just wanted to say thank you guys for having me on the podcast. But Abby, we don't get to talk as much as I would love to, but it's always so good catching up with you. It really warms my heart. And um, just your relationship with Glennon is incredible. It's inspiring. And you guys have done such great things together. Um, And so I just absolutely love talking to you both.
1: Same. And whenever it is you do decide to hang up those cleats, you know who to call for help.
3: Not that I can do anything. Call Glennon.
1: (laughs) She's she's better. We'll map it all out, sister. (laughs) And bring Charlie to our
3: house, please, soon. Okay. Okay. We're coming soon. We're coming.
0: We love you. Oh, and also Pod Squad, I forgot you were there. Oh. We love you so much. And we will see you next time. See you next time,
3: all. Bye. And Abby, I I forgot to say that I love you too.
0: I give you Tish Melton and Brandy Carlisle.
2: I walked through fire. I came out the other side. chase, desire, I made sure I got what's mine. And I continue to believe.